0: Good morning. morning. Happy Mother's Day. My name is Areli. I'm one of the pastors here, and if you don't know that I am the family pastor and I work with children, now you do, after this video. But kids, uh, they say the cutest things, huh? Sometimes they say inappropriate cute things. I remember the time that Alan and I, my son, when he was little, he... uh, We were in a garage sale. I love garage sales, by the way. And um, and we were there. He comes, he's probably three or four. He holds my hand very tight. And he says, mom, that man over there pointing. He scares me. I'm like, oh, I'm not buying this. I think it's time to get out of here. Because kids say things that sometimes are cute and sometimes are inappropriate. And I see, as I see mothers in history, uh, I can only stop and point at some of the remarkable ones that brought joy and gave the little boys the gift of Jesus, just like the video said. And we're going to take a look at some of them in history. So I have the first one that is uh, coming up on their screen. And I have here Lois and, uh, and Eunice in and Second Timothy 1 5. Paul says that the sincere faith that Timothy has was from his grandmother, Louise, and mother, Eunice. The influence of these women helped form him in the pastor and leader that he became for the benefit of the whole early church. Here at the vineyard, we have the Project Timothy Kids or the PT Kids, as we call them, in honor of young Timothy, that was just an ordinary kid that became an extraordinary pastor, and that is the hope that we have for our next generation, but it 's a lot of influence that parents bring into the life of their children, and so as the one, the ones around around them so let's let 's see the next one, Monica. She had a great influence on her son, Augustine. Augustine in Espanol, if I pronounce it wrong, okay? Uh, It is said that her example in prayer, even without the support of her husband because she was a widow, uh, led Augustine to the Lord. She had the joy of seeing him walking and following Jesus. That is a gift that not every mom has to see their kids walk with Jesus. And I always said, pray the same prayer with a fresh heart every day. That means, Lord Jesus, I ask you that you will protect my children. I ask you that you will reveal yourself to them even when they are not walking with him. Susanna Wesley, she is famous. She managed a large family overseeing both the spiritual and academic uh, education of her children. She taught her children the knowledge of Scripture and met personally with each of them. She had 19. Nine of them died as infants, But she met with them personally to encourage them in making sure that she, they knew Scripture. I'm one of nine. I cannot remember a lot of times by myself with my mother. I just can't. So can you imagine? She is very famous for for... Her uh, apron, anyone know who Susanna's Wesley's apron? Yep, that means that she will have this apron on because she was doing, you know, work around the house. And when she couldn't take it anymore and she needed to talk to Jesus, she will put her apron over her head (laughs) and it was her time out. (laughs) The children knew, not talking to mom, she's in time out. Sometimes, I have heard some of you husbands that send your wife to time out. I have heard, and I for sure know for a fact. So this lady, Susanna Wesley, put her apron over her head, and she was time to be refreshed and pray, and her children knew that. She's also famous for the 16 house rules of Susanna Wesley. They're in the back of the bulletin, and we are going to read some of them. Remember, this is the 17th century. 16th house rules written by Susanna Wesley. Number one, number one, eating between meals is not allowed. Number two, as children, they are to be in bed by 8 p.m. Number three, they are required to take medicine without complaining. Let's go to number five, teach a child to pray as soon as they can speak. Good one, number nine. Never allow a sinful act to go unpunished. Number 10, never punish a child twice for a single offense. Let me read that again. (laughs) I don't have to. Number 11, comment and reward good behavior. You can read the rest on your own. It is so true after so many centuries that... We need to follow rules in the house that will teach our children, correct them, but also encourage them in love. So Susanna Wesley, if you don't know, uh, was the mother of famous people. Yep, they became very famous. John and Charles Wesley, they started the Methodist movement, Methodist Church now. And uh, something important is that John Wesley said that he learned more about Christianity from his mother than from any theologian in England. That's interesting, isn't it? That mom was there to provide the spiritual um, food for their children. So today we are going to talk and explore the life of Jesus. Jesus is my favorite character in the Bible. Actually, he's the main character, just, just in case you didn't know. You know, it's everything is all about Jesus. It's always about Jesus, and it's only about Jesus, there's nothing else. All the other stories in the Bible, they just come together to show the story of Jesus in the Bible, okay? That was a commercial, read it, it's really good. I saw the movie, but the book is better. (laughs) So, uh, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just ask that you will speak to us through me today. I ask that I can stop having this problem with this microphone, and I can just uh, enjoy the time that you have, uh, that we have with you together. In your name I pray. Amen. Motherhood, motherhood is an ordinary, an extraordinary journey to something that is very ordinary. I said ordinary. We see moms everywhere. It's an ordinary thing. We see them since the beginning of time. The journey is extraordinary to something very ordinary in life. God chose an ordinary woman that lived an ordinary life to be the mother of Jesus. There were extraordinary events, the angels, the wise men, but what happened was an ordinary event. And God chose an ordinary girl, Mary, to be the mother of Jesus. From the time that Gabriel spoke to her and told her that she was chosen to carry Jesus through his ministry and even during his death, resurrection, and assumption, Mary was there as part of God's plan. Her role was not as a co-redeemer. Her role was a loving mother, a mother that will have a hope and a strong faith in God's salvation plan through Jesus. And she knew that. She knew that that was her role as a mother, a loving mother, to walk the Son through all his life. I know that being a mom can be very difficult. Can you imagine being the mother of God? That was like ah, overwhelming, I guess. Jesus didn't say inappropriate things to his mother, but he said some kind of unusual stuff. And today we are going to explore the three scenarios that talks about, actually the only three scenarios that there are in the gospel that talk about Jesus and his mother. We are going to explore each of them today. And I'm going to start with a picture. Number one, if you are following on your bulletin, here is the first one. The panic attack. Panic attacks are my cardio. Just in case you want to come to a class, you know. We can talk about those panic attacks. And I want you to think and picture this. You are ready to go out of town, okay? You. If you are not a mom or a dad, you are the kid that needs to go with mom or with dad, or maybe with a friend to go out of town. And expectations, it's getting really, you know, fun. We're going to go out of town. We're going to go to Thanksgiving somewhere. And mom is really busy cleaning and doing and shopping. And the kids need to pack. And dad needs to, you know, help. Yep. And then they need to, you know, clean the house or whatever it is. And who's taking care of the dog? And what about the cat? And what about the mouse? Please don't have mice in your house. That's that's like wrong, okay? So uh, who's taking care of all details? And you are exhausted before you even leave the house. Is that true? Or just happened in my house? Yeah, that happens everywhere, huh? So I want you to picture that. Are you tired already? Okay, well, now I want you to picture Jesus' time, okay? Three days in a caravan. They're going on the way to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a small city on a hill, and there is a lot of people going to celebrate Passover and give thanks to the Lord for their, his goodness. Here they are. There is excitement, and Jesus says, Are we there yet, Mom? And they're like, nope, not yet. Okay. So the whole celebration is over. And they're on the way back when, you know, it's boring. The long ride now is boring because everything is over. The food and the visits and everything is just gone. So now they're on the way back. And all of a sudden, Mary looks around and he says, hey, Joseph, have you seen Jesus? He asked, she asked that because what? Well, that. They don't they knew, know those things. Dads always know where their children are. So she just goes and says, Where's Jesus? I don't know. I thought I thought he was with you. Ah, the picture. Panic attack. No way, nowhere to be found. Jesus is not with them. Can you imagine losing your son? for three days. Now, the panic attack, she couldn't sleep. They need to go back for 25 miles, going back to Jerusalem. They're pushing against all the people. that are going the opposite direction with the donkey and the stuff and whatever. Not You got it? Exhausting. And on top of it, she is frightened. Three days happen, And then, um, let's see what happens there. In uh, Luke, Gospel of Luke, Chapter 2, 46, let's see what happens. Oh, my goodness, I only have Gatorade. Uh, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Three days later, Luke 2, 46, three days later, they finally discover him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Here comes the first dialogue between Jesus and Mary. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. Think about it. Let's, let's think about what happened. Jesus is with the religious leaders, teaching, and, teaching them and asking them questions. And they are all amazed at his understanding. Let's look in a little more detail. The smartest people in the land were there, amazed at their son. But Mary is not that impressed, is she? She is not. She is furious. She's happy because she had found him, and she's furious because she had found him. Have you ever been there as a parent? You're getting an answer. Let's see what happened after. I really like this. Mary says, what are you doing here? Mary asks. I love Jesus' answer. Verse 49. But why did you need to search? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Have you ever been there? Or again, it's only me. You got an answer for your son, your daughter. They tell you the answer. You just don't get it. I mean, I don't know. You're probably speaking Chinese to me because I don't know why are you giving me that answer. You are going maybe through a tough situation right now. That you get the answers, but you don't get the answers. Brothers and sisters, maybe you are going through a rough time with one another. And the scripture talks about not just moms today. It talks about all of us. We all can be part of this story because we all can relate to this answer. We are in situations as friends that maybe your friend is telling you something that you don't understand. Your mom, your dad, your parent, your whoever. So the answer we are getting is not what we some, something we understand. So what God is saying to us in this situation is saying, don't give up. Don't give up, you know. This is just a season. What you are going through right now, when your kids are going through that making you sometimes go in a panic attack, is just a season. Jeff and I have raised our children and I have spoken to so many of you young women here and I have told you this just gets better. Some of you have come back and say, when do you say this is gonna get better? <laughs> when did you say? It? And my answer has always been the same. I don't know. (laughs) I can only control what I can do. And that is prayer. I can pray the same prayer with a fresh heart. That as I said in the beginning, Lord Jesus, take care of my children. Lord Jesus, take care of my children. Reveal yourself to them. That's the only thing I can do. And every prayer gets answered. Everyone in God's timing. So if this is your season, if you are getting answers that there's in Chinese, don't give up. Please don't give up. Just pray, okay? No panic attacks. And if you have a panic attack, come and exercise with us, and they go away very fast. Picture number two. If you are following with uh, the insert, here comes the second one. Enjoy the moment. Let me read these little cards to you. Mommy. Can I sleep in my bed all alone, said no toddler ever. (laughs) Cleaning with kids in the house is like brushing your teeth while eating Oreos. (laughs) This is my stage right now. Glad I could show you how to turn on your computer, mom. We are so preoccupied in life. We are so worried and busy about what is happening tomorrow that we stop looking at what is happening right now. And if you are having a good time, if your toddler sleeps by themselves in their bed, celebrate. Celebrate and give thanks to the Lord because not everybody sees that. If your kids are getting along with one another, if you brothers and sisters are getting along, you know that's hard. Mm, don't say yes, please. If things are going smooth, celebrate. Give thanks to the Lord. Not every family gets along. Amen? <laughs> Again, it's just me, you know, in my house. Sometimes I I won't say that because it's tape, and then my family with Mexico will listen to it. Anyway. Um, whoops. We love our kids, and if they are having a good season, if we are having a good season with them, if they are doing their homework and they are helping around the house and we are getting along well, if as a friend there is no drama between one another, then celebrate. Say, thank you, Lord, because the season that we are going through is a good one. Don't start thinking of what is going to happen tomorrow and forget about today. All right. So if this is the season, it's good. I'm going to tie to the scripture, and I want you to imagine a wedding. I have been there for our three daughters. The environment becomes tense. The expectations are high. What about the weather? What if it rains and if it's an outdoor wedding? What about getting ready? It is all about the bride, isn't it? We're going to look at the second dialogue between Mary. And Jesus. And this, Mary takes Jesus to a wedding. A friend's wedding. So I want you to go with me to John chapter 2. John chapter 2, verse 4. I'm reading. Here is Jesus talking. Dear woman. Uh-oh. Let's stop right there. Jesus didn't call mom woman just because he was Disrespectful or anything. This was like a cultural thing. I didn't study that cultural thing. You can study on your own, but this is just a part of the culture. He calls her he, her woman. Okay, so dear woman, um, hold on, dear woman. That's not a problem. Uh, you know the the the, the caterers ran out of wine. I forgot to tell you that. The, so there is a wedding. Mom is there, and Jesus, too, and the caters run out of wine, okay? So here it is. Jesus says to his mother, Dear woman, that's not our problem. Jesus replied, My time has not yet come. Moms, we know our kids very well, huh? Alan and I have this thing. I can just look at him and kind of whisper something from from the back, and he knows exactly what I'm saying. Some of my kids, I can just start a phrase and don't even have to finish it. They know exactly what I'm saying. You probably have the same things with your children. They know when you say one word, you know, like the apron. They know that. We know each other. We know this conversation. So Jesus and mom have a really good relationship. And mom is asking Jesus to do something. And Jesus is saying, Mom, is that my time? Don't you remember? And she could care less, huh? (laughs) She said she doesn't listen to him. And she wants him to help their friends at the wedding. And she's like, well, you're going to do it because I said so. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jesus, she doesn't have to finish the, the phrase. She's probably just looking at him. Please, son, I know you can help them do your thing. You know, that thing that you know how to do. She's enjoying the moment because she knows her son is going to help her friends. Let's read the story. Verse 5 But his mother told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water yards just for Jewish celebration watching. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, Fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, Now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants follow his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servant knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, Things have not changed since then. Huh? He brings out less expensive, the less expensive wine, but you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign of Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. Kids, it is very easy to, to be nice to mom once in a while. You know, it doesn't take a miracle like here. You know, Jesus wanted to please... His mother. Mother had the mother had faith in him. She knew Jesus could help their friends. So when mom is asking you, can you go and mold alone from the neighbor, you know, because she's really old. <sighs> Okay, you can do that for once in a while. We have done those things. It's nice. It's nice to help around. Moms, this is this is nice. It's time to celebrate when we know that our children are capable of helping and volunteering and doing things beyond what is normal. It is a good thing. And Jesus did it, but not only stop there, let's see what happened after. The disciples believe in him because of this miracle. So kindness is contagious. It's a testimony, you know. After the wedding, they went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. So a little act of kindness impacted also his friends. Not just mom and not just people at the wedding. Also their friends. They believe in him. Kindness is contagious. They were probably talking on their way back and Oh, did you see the faces of the servants? Oh, yeah, that was hilarious when they tasted the wine. And they were having a good time remembering what happened just a night before. Because this is what we do. We celebrate when something is good. When we succeed at something, we celebrate. And our friends celebrate with us as well. So if this is your time right now, if you are getting along with one another, If your kids are behaving and doing their homework, if your friends are not in drama, celebrate and give thanks. The Lord is telling you to enjoy the moment, to enjoy the victory, to celebrate and give thanks. That is the picture number two, okay? We're going to see picture number three. The Lord is close to you. Now we're going to look at the third dialogue between Jesus and Mary and Jesus is at the cross Mary's son was rejected and she's watching him die her heart is broken here are Jesus words in John 19 let's go to John 19 25 Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wives of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there besides the disciples he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to his disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescued those whose spirits are crushed, says Psalm 34:18. This is a sad picture. But Jesus in his pain is taking care of her, of her pain. Jesus and the pain is taking care of his pain and he is providing for her even as he's dying he cares for her and he gives her a new family and that had happened to us when you come to the church or as a child or as a friend when you are broken And Jesus provides for you. He understands. He understands the pain that you are going through. And he wants to provide for you. And this is very important. He's close to you because he knows pain more than we can imagine. And he's ready to take away from you and provide for you. Not just. He's also telling somebody else to take care of her. Just not provide, here's some money, go, you know, take care of yourself. He is putting her in a family that will provide for her, that will guide her and take care of her. And this is very important for us to understand. If you are in this stage in life where you are suffering and your heart is broken because of your health or financial situation, or family problems or friends are fighting with each other what is god telling us today god is telling you that he knows our pain your pain and he wants to take care of you that he is close to you when your heart is broken so what is god providing for you right now wish of the three scenarios did you relate with the most? The panic attack? Your life goes from unexpected surprises again and again. Maybe the enjoyment time, when life is going smooth and fine. Or maybe the grieving time, when your heart is broken. It's not a panic attack. It's not just one event that just happened once. It has been broken for a long time and it's just getting worse. See, you can go from one scenario to the next or jump again and again to the three different places that we saw today. Sometimes you are in number one, sometimes you are in number two or number three, and you can go back and forth. And what I want to tell you today is that we need to acknowledge that God is in control, and not you. That God allows something to happen to you so something can happen in you. And he's realizing that he is in control of the situation and he cares for you. A few months ago, a friend of mine said that she wanted to look at God with a heaven perspective. She wanted to explore More the spiritual side of heaven. And she asked a question. How do you see heaven? Some of you were there when I gave the answer. And I said, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to dance with Jesus. Not in a prom kind of dance. More in like a dad and daughter dance. More like that picture. I'm going to dance with Jesus. And we are, you know, I'm going to put my Dancing shoes, and we're going to dance one song. And then we're going to sit down and have a fresh cup of coffee. (laughs) I'm going to put on my dancing shoes. I'm going to dance with Jesus, the perfect partner. And I'm going to dance a perfect piece of music with him. But what about right now? Do I have to wait to go to heaven to do that? No way, can you imagine? I I wanna see my grandkids grow up. No. Today, women are gonna receive a book, all women. It's called Put On Your Dancing Shoes. See, I was really touched by the dancers during Easter time. I don't know if you were here, you know. Amelia, almost a professional dancer, She is a ballerina. You know, she's starting to be a professional one. And then here comes Mariah, getting better by the second. Yep, she is. And Alani, who is coming out of the shell. I saw her gesture, her recital, and boy, did she glow. And they came, and they danced. They put their dancing shoes. Yes, they danced for us. But really, they were dancing to Jesus. And for Jesus. They were doing this because they loved first Jesus. And after because I really asked them. But, you know, what I'm trying to tell you is that you don't have to wait to go to heaven. To put on your dancing shoes and dance for Jesus and with Jesus. So I chose a book inspired by my friend asking This question of how do you see Jesus? And as she is probably in heaven, and as she's probably thinking of that, it gave me a moment to reflect. How do I see heaven? I see it like that. I see it as dancing with Jesus. And that's my perspective, but I wanted to give you that you that perspective. You can put on your dancing shoes right now, and you can dance. And if you are a man, well, I hope you know how to dance salsa or something. <laughs> we can teach you, you know. And because of that, of this, I, I chose this book. And women are going to receive it today. And if you are a guy and want to take one for your wife, you can do that too. And I'm going to finish by reading a piece of this book. And it says, um, a couple of years ago, Martha Wilson the executive producer of the television show Touched by an Angel, co-wrote a book called Inviting God to Your Wedding. She was getting married and wanted to create a wedding that involved God in a tangible, personal way. When God is there, suddenly all your priorities are in order, she wrote. When we make space for God in our lives, we acknowledge that someone greater than ourselves is in control of the universe and that has our best interests at heart. We live in the awareness that God loves us and wants a, our particip- partnership in making this world a better place. Such awareness opens our hearts and minds to see grace and wonder in everything good. God, like a drummer, carries the beat for your dance and for mine. The rhythm Is our unique expression, the unique talent and gift and ability given to us by the one who holds the beat. When we live in tune with that beat, when we listen to that still small voice, we have the power to change, to become men and women of courage, grace, wisdom, passion, and joy. When we invite God to dance with us, we maximize our potential to be fully human, fully alive, fully awake, to dance with all of our hearts. After all, God is the Lord of the dance. So women, don't forget to take one home. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And I want you to worship and to let these words suck in your heart. And then I'm going to come back and we're going to close the service.